showtime. Welcome to the show. I'm Brent Holland, and welcome, one and all, to Night Fright. I'm excited tonight, folks. I'm excited because we're going to take you on a journey tonight. We're going to take you on a ghost hunting journey with a ghost hunting team at a Peterborough, Ottawa, in Ontario. Now, they've gone to different places, various haunted locations right around the province, and what they found is going to shock you to your core. This is the real deal tonight, folks. This isn't anything fake or anything like that. We're going to be talking about real ghost hunting in the trenches. Strap in and hang on. Here we go. There is a time to question. There is a time for answers. There is a time to challenge. There is a time to speculate. There is a time for change. There is a time for truth. The time is now. Welcome to Night Fright, your voice in the dark. For Paranormal and Conspiracy Radio. And now your host, Brent Holland. Welcome, one and all. Welcome. We're talking tonight to Mia Paranormal. Mia Paranormal is a team of paranormal investigators dedicated to determining whether paranormal activity is real. We conduct investigations by using both equipment as well as investigators sensitive to paranormal activities. Our services are free of charge and we are interested in helping you. I want to welcome for the very first time from Mia Paranormal, Scott McDonald, all the way from Ottawa, Canada. Hiya, Scott. How are you doing tonight? Good, Brent. Thank you for inviting us on the show. You're very, very welcome, my friend. Now, at the outset of the show, I was uh, trying to hook the audience in to take us on a real ghost hunting uh, trip, if you will, a tour, an investigation. Let's start off at the beginning. How do you pick a location to go and hunt? Do they contact you? Do you do some research in advance? It's a bit of both. So in some cases, they've actually contacted us. And in other cases, some of our case managers, we do research, we check out some local legends, and then we'll contact the, um, the organization to see if they're interested. Okay, let's talk about the Cornwall investigation you did. That was the one that really, really creeped me out when I was looking at it because of some of the apparitions you caught and the EVPs and things. Yeah, the, yeah no kidding. <laughs> you say it so nonchalantly. You know, I've got the, uh, the holy water spread out everywhere here tonight. <laughs> okay, did they contact you to come and do an investigation? Were they experiencing... I don't know, things that couldn't be exclaimed, uh, bump in the night, that type of thing? Well, we've um, we heard a lot of rumors about the Cornwall Jail, so we wanted to check it out. So that was actually one of the ones that our case manager um, called up, and we were able to work out a game. We were mutually able to do it. So, um, yeah, we definitely contacted them because of all the rumors we've been hearing over the last several years. What are some of those rumors? Um, that it's... A lot of activity, actually. There's bumps. Um, apparently, the story is there was a nurse killed there. 
Um, some of the inmates who had died there weren't very nice characters, and uh, yeah, just a lot of rumors. And as a matter of fact, we got a lot of EVPs that back up that it is definitely a very active place. Was there capital punishments that went on there in terms of, I don't know, tortures? Was anybody electrocuted, hung? Hung. Yeah, there was a lot of hangings there, yes. And they actually still, and I think, um, well, we haven't posted them yet, but we will post uh, some pictures we got that you can actually see where the hangings were, where the gal was. And um, yeah, it's pretty creepy. Pretty creepy stuff. No kidding. Now, how do you prepare yourself? Here you you have a location. Um, you're not on location yet. Do you have a, a car that you fill up with equipment? Yes, we carry a lot of equipment. We usually have two cars, and we bring in quite a bit of equipment. A lot of uh, cameras, a lot of digital cameras, a lot of uh, recorders, a lot of still cameras, and so forth. So um, it usually takes us about a good hour to set up before we start investigating. Do you tend to go in at night in the day? Is there a specific time you tend to go in that may be more active than others? See, that's a rumor in my opinion. I think it doesn't matter. If a place, is a, if a place has activity, it's gonna, you're going to pick it up. Now, I think what you see on TV is just for ratings. It's going at night to make it scarier. Turn the lights off to make it scarier. But from what we've experienced, it doesn't make a difference if your light's on or light's off. I guess there's no time, I guess, on the other side, so to speak. Now, was in this particular case the Cornwall Jail, were the hangings in a courtyard? Did they take place inside, perhaps in a basement, in a special room? Yeah, no, at Cornwall Jail there was a courtyard. So it was an area outside, but it was within four walls. So um, it was in, I'd say, about a 15 by 15 area, and... Um, they just built it up for that purpose. So it was a, there was a wooden structure that contained the uh, the rope. What time of time frame would we be looking at that these, because, you know, the cap, capital punishment has been banished now, folks. Uh, in Canada, I think it was 1964, they finally, uh, that was the last one, and I think it was banished in 1976 under Trudeau, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's been quite a while, actually, there hasn't been any capital punishment in Canada, but what type of time frame would we be looking at now for the Cornwall jail in specific? I think it's about last capital punishment uh, sentence was carried out, I think, in the 50s. Oh, you see, that surprises me. I thought it would have been much, much further than that, actually. So that's yeah. uh, it, not recent, but certainly not in the distant past, you know. it's No. I'm sure there's people alive that remember that. Any idea what what was the uh, the person guilty of? I think murder, that one. Yeah. I think on our video, we have um, one of the tour guides, and she's explaining a, like, um, a lot of what's going on and all the claims. So... Um, anybody's interested in knowing more, they can click on our website and go check out the Cornwall video. And we we spent a lot of time setting up why what's going on and getting a lot of her footage explaining everything that's occurring there. And I believe she talked about the last hanging. The history of it all. Yeah, now, folks, yeah, uh, I just want to tell you, his coordinates, Mia's, uh, Mia, isn't that funny? MIA Paranormal's coordinates are always going to be on the www night fright show website just click on the picture associated with tonight's guest that'll take you right to their website and i was there visiting today there's a wealth of information there's creepy pictures uh, be prudent when you go if you're a little bit faint of heart 
you know, <laughs> don't go expecting uh, wonderful, happy pictures. We're talking mm. here. Uh, there's some great videos. There's some historical facts. Uh, this is a real, true ghost hunting team. Now, y'all jump in a car, a van, to go to Cornwall? Um, yeah, we usually take a van and a car, so we have a couple vehicles. Now, is there a specific spot where you, or, or how would you hook up the, the cameras to, to do the best investigation? Um, well, we each site's different. So one of the cameras we got for this, um, for the Cornwall jail, is there's a claim that one of the cell doors actually opens and closes on its own. Mm. Now, we have the camera hooked up on that. And now here's an interesting story, and I think we even got this on our video. We had just put in brand new batteries in the camera, and we came back within 15 minutes, and they were completely dead, drained. Really? No more power. We were blown away. It was we just took there were Duracells so there were good batteries took them out put them in hooked up the camera and 15 minutes later the batteries were dead now this wasn't an indication or a message for you guys to get out of there <laughs> you see I'm a big sissy with this I would have bolted for the door man I, wouldn't have caught me there for anything yeah we just became more more determined than ever when that happened to figure out what was going on and get some good proof and we got some good proof Brett let me tell you can you describe some of that for us? Oh, absolutely. So, um, in one of the in one of the um, clips, I was trying to actually aggravate it so it would, or some of the. And the, let me just back up for a sec. There was more than one entity. We had female voices. We had male voices, female. right? And we think that it was the nurse that died. Ah, okay. So, so with the um, with the uh, male ones, I was trying to antagonize them because that's a good method. And, um, you know, I was saying, I, I believe this clip, I was saying, are you chicken? You're, come on, you show yourself. And if you don't give us any proof, we think you're chicken. Really trying to antagonize it. And I got the biggest, it's actually up on our site. I mean, and so for those who are offended by language, don't go listen. But it literally told me, so are you chicken? Its response was F you. And it didn't say F. It was full blown. Really? Now... You weren't afraid that this thing may attach itself to you and come no. home with you and an invited guest? No, we always try to, um, some of the methods that some of our guys have trained us on is try to shield yourself in white light. To try, and that, the, the theory behind that is it's supposed to protect you from these entities and these spirits and so forth. So you're always trying to keep yourself cleansed, protected, and, um, and so forth. Does religion come into it at all? So, by the way, folks, I should tell you who we're speaking with because I'm so engulfed here. Scott McDonald is a, a member of MIA Paranormal. MIA Paranormal, of course, is a is a paranormal investigator team, uh, investigative team. They were talking about one of the investigations they did right here in Ontario, Canada, in Cornwall. Cornwall's um, a, a smaller city, I guess, hundred thousand people, just on the border of Quebec uh, along the 401, and um, they have an old building there that was a jail where apparently in the 1950s was the last hanging uh, corporal punishment and they have found some creepy creepy things now Scott does religion come into it at all when you're doing something for protection uh, like do you wear a, you know I guess I'm thinking of vampires perhaps maybe I'm off yeah. base no, here right? I wouldn't say so as a matter of fact <clears throat> since I started this I would classify myself as less religious and more spiritual if that makes any sense can you explain that to us 
So really, how I would explain that is um, things in the Bible and things you're told when you go to Sunday school and church, really, according to them, ghosts don't exist. You die, you either go to heaven or you go to hell, and that's it, and that's all. But from a spiritual point of view, when you die, you cross over. So there's more than just your body. You're more than just a bag of bones, if you will. And so therefore, we see there's a lot of these earthbound spirits still on the earth plane. And these are the ones that we're interacting with. So really, according to religion, they shouldn't even be there. Now, a spirit, once it crosses over, does it make a conscious choice? I don't know if that would be the correct terminology. To hang around afterwards? and stay with a, with a specific spot? Yeah, that's the theory. So when some of these earthbound spirits, they haven't really crossed over completely. So apparently some of them, they, they don't want to go. They're attached to something or some are traumatized or some are mad. There's different reasons. So there's different theories. So you might come across a more malevolent spirit and it yeah. might be the ones telling you to go F yourself or whatever. And on the other hand, there are. We did a one in uh, Peterborough in the summer, and that was the Peterborough Little Theater Guild. And the um, yeah, so the story there is it was a caretaker. His name was Chappie, and he was nice and wasn't telling us to go, you know. And we were setting up in the sound booth, setting up our equipment. We were moving around some of their equipment, and we had this clear, clear EVP, and it said, "Don't do that." very very clear and you know the theory there is he's hanging around that place because he loved it and he doesn't want to move on he just liked it and he yeah. he's attached to it and why not i mean that's yeah. not a bad way to spend eternity if you're attached to something and basically that's it yeah, yeah. now the malevolent ones did right. they yeah let's go back to those guys i mean this guy that tells you to off uh, <laughs> you see, I would have said, no problem, sir, I'm out of here, you know, <laughs> get you a cup of coffee tomorrow, you know. Uh, when that happens, what is the reaction of the team? Um, do you kind of band together to uh, try and ward off this evil entity, I guess you could call it? Yeah, we try to um, focus our energy, if you will, and try to not let it disturb us and bug us. We're just interested in trying to document its existence and really try to verify whether it's there or not. And at the same time, we are trying to protect ourselves. Like, we don't want to leave ourselves open to any sort of spiritual attack. So, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a balancing act. www.nightfrightshow.com, folks. Click on the picture associated with tonight's guest. That'll take you right to their website, Mia Paranormal. Uh, Scott McDonald is representing them tonight. He's live on Skype all the way from Ottawa. And we're talking about several ghost investigations that they've done. One we're specifically focusing on now where some malevolent spirits were detected. Yeah. Um, you know, like as I say, I would have bolted <laughs> completely, uh, is in the Cornwall jail. And uh, we're going to talk about the Peterborough, uh, was it the theater? Yes, okay. Peterborough Little Theater, right downtown theater. Peterborough. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that one after, but I want to go back to this Malevent one. Now, you said you were able to pick up more than one entity. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and one of them was female, which you think. is? Did the female sound that she was in distress or anything yes. like that? Oh, no. Yes. And actually, funny story is... Um, yeah. So Mike and Jason, members on our team, they're able to help spirits by theories crossing them over. So um, they actually want to go back and try to help it because one of the um, one of our clips 
she, my brother Jason, he's asked how, like, how do you feel? And she responded, I'm so tired. And you can hear this in one of our, in one of our clips. It's very, very clear. It's very evident. And I, it's, I feel sorry for it because her response was, I'm sad and I'm so tired. So those feelings do transgress uh, the, the line between death and, uh, and life. Um, you know, one of the, I've listened to EVPs before, and whenever I come across children, that always just wrenches, you know, it's heart-wrenching. Have yes. you come across children as well? Yes. Oh, yes. my God. Can you tell us those stories? Yeah, so it was a local um, farmhouse in the eastern Ontario, and um, the, the theory, I mean, not the theory, but the story there was there was some drownings in a local river, and um, we had a lot of whispering and a lot of chatter, and we definitely think it was children that picked up, and they played with us that night. They were locking up our cameras, so we would try to pick up, take pictures, and none of our equipment would work. We'd try to, and it wasn't just one, it was multiple ones. And so what's really funny about this is, you can see, we actually got this on our clip, and so if people are on our website and want to see this, go see the uh, Eastern Ontario Haunted Farm video. And Jason says, can you release the camera please? It won't hurt you. And uh, as soon as he says that, we're, we're able to take pictures. And this happens more than once. I can understand maybe if it was just the one time, it was it might be fluke, but that's a classic phenomenon that happens on our that equipment will malfunction. Now, a couple of questions come to mind. The first one is, um, do you do research in advance of going to, like I know the Cornwall Jail, you, you had spoken with the tour guide and stuff, but this farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, how do you research the history of that building? We did not research it. We just okay, heard about I it. Guess, eh? No, no. We just heard about it, um, and we got called in, and um, you know, she gave the owner gave us a tour, and we spent about five hours investigating that one, and it was it was good too. And there was once again there was more than one entity there. There was children, a female entity, and then there was um, more of a. I wouldn't say it was malevolent, but it was darker. So we had one clip where the husband was taking us around explaining something and he was talking to us and we were answering questions and he would respond and you can hear a clear repeat and it was directed at the husband and told him to sit down and shut up really yeah so it was like sit down and shut up oh yeah you see once again folks once again sissy brent holland would have been <laughs> gonzo right away now do the kids realize that they're dead or do they think they're just kind of in a loop and they're just forever you know because I'm thinking as a kid that's not a bad way to spend eternity either uh, what bothers me is when I hear an EVP and the kids in distress or anybody's yeah. in distress yes we think the kids were kind of playing with us so I wouldn't classify those ones as being in distress okay fair enough yeah, yeah. now Irregardless, do you try to send them to the light, if that's the correct terminology, or? And we, yes, we have, and we. Um, that brings me to another one. Earlier in May, we were in Lakefield, just a little town outside of Peterborough, hmm. and um, this one was really interesting. We had two entities, and they actually crossed them, like Mike and Jason. And if people want to see that, go see the Lakefield video. It's the first one. And this one is one of our most interactive videos that we had. We had flashlight interactions. We had, like, so for example, we said, show us a sign that you're here before you leave. And all of a sudden, the flashlight just started flickering on demand. Yes. 
Whoa. Exactly. And you can see that right in our video. And um, so they, cr and then they said, well, we want you to go light and cross over. And then all of a sudden the flashlight flicked again. And we're like, well, that's not the light we want you to go to. And um, yeah, and we were able to get knocks and bangs. And apparently since we helped them, the homeowner claims that activity has more or less exactly Diminished. dropped. Yes. Completely. Now, yeah. when the when the homeowner contacted you, was he in distress? Was he uh, like the doors slamming and things yes. moving around? Equipment would like they would turn off the television, go to bed. The television would all of a sudden turn itself on. Oh. They'd hear like stuff in the kitchen would get knocked, bangs, and we were there. We had a lot of bangs and knocks as well. So we'd be in the basement doing some work, and then we'd ask for signs, and you'd hear a lot of knocks, a lot of bangs. So it was kind of cool. And that's a real classic way that entities do communicate with us. They'll knock a lot. I thought, you know, I, I, I've done quite a bit of these shows now, and I thought that the easiest way for them, this is the first I've heard of that, would be to ma manipulate electricity, but knocking seems to be better in your case? Yeah, we've experienced a lot of knocks, and um, they'll actually even finish patterns. So if we do the classic, um, like the bang, 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 they'll finish it sometimes. <laughs> It's really? kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Kind of cool. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, folks, we're speaking with Scott McDonald. I'm enjoying this tonight. It's uh, very educational for me. We're taking you safely on a ghost tour tonight. And uh, I say safely. I hope you're all snuggled in your most comfy chair. You've got the coffee going. you got the tea going. you got a juice going or whatever type of beverage you'd like to do. And uh, just relax tonight. Enjoy this. We're going to educate you a little bit to some of the nuances of ghost hunting, if you will, or, or paranormal investigation. Um, we're going to be taking you on various investigations that this team has done. They're a Canadian team right out of per uh, Peterborough and Ottawa area. They kind of gravitate towards the eastern realm of Ontario. Uh, we've been talking about the Cornwall Jail, of course, where they came across Malavent. Uh, unfortunately, a malevolent spirit. Um, we've talked about little kids in a farmhouse, and they have crossed over some spirits towards the light. Now, have you ever come across, Scott, something that you would classify as pure evil? Not yet, no. Thank God, eh? Yeah. No, we haven't come across what I'd consider pure evil, like the classic poltergeist or um, throwing around stuff or really really dark like the darkest things we've seen so far I would classify would be the Cornwall jail and being told to go you know and um, but no we haven't come across classic what I would say evil yet okay now I so so far it's just been earthbound entities right. people a, a spirit that was a person so you haven't come across quote unquote demons or anything no like no I wouldn't uh, yeah, we. I've heard some stories, and we've had our case manager actually try to get us into one place, but the owner just didn't want. They said it was quote unquote too dangerous for people. It was an old abandoned building, and uh, there was actually some claims where they, it was sketched into the wall like classic six six six, and it was freezing like almost. It shouldn't have been cold. It was just basement in the summer, and you go in, you could see your breath. And oh, I was etch, I was really itching to get in there with to document that, but they wouldn't let us. Really? What building? Yeah. Can you disclose what building it was? Yeah, all I can say it was in the Toronto area. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, now, when you're doing a ghost hunting, is there anything that you've ever refused to to do because of something like that? 
No, and I don't think I would. I would at least, really? you know, first the first time's a charm. You know, if I did it and really had a negative experience, it might affect my second or third time. But at this point, I would say that the MIA team would be pretty much open to going in any situation. Hmm. What, you know, you're a ghost hunter, and uh, I hope you don't mind that term, use that term. Um, what possessed you? <laughs> and that's a pun, I guess, in a way. Hmm. Why be a, you know, there's, Go play basketball. Go, uh, I don't know. Go fishing. Go uh, canoeing. Whatever you know. Go see a movie. What possessed you guys to become paranormal investigators? Well, that's a funny story. So, but and I explain this in one of my blog entries, and um, you can for those who want to see our blog, you can access it from our website. But anyways, um, as I explained there. Four or five years ago, I was skeptic. I didn't believe in this. And when I started watching shows like Ghost Hunters on TV and so forth, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't believe this. this is all fake. And I kind of wanted to see for myself. My brother, on the other hand, he's always had some sensitivity to things. He's always had dreams. He's always seen things like, for example, premonitions. Like he would have a dream that an aunt would die, and six, six, uh, six months later she would die, or he'd have. Here's this. Here's a really creepy story for you about Jason, and it's true. So about. Jason McDonald, folks, yeah. his brother and a member of the team. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the lead of the team. So he's like the first and like the lead. He's the main guy. Um, so about two years ago, he had this dream that a guy that we grew up with on the street here in Ottawa. Um, in his dream, he ran across a dark room, and he went through a murky hallway and slammed a door. And Jay was in his dream was trying to get him out. And he just sort of waved and dissipated. Now, Jay woke up, thought that was weird. So I saw this guy, I haven't thought about him in 20 years, and to run in my dream in murky hallway and so forth. Like, what does that mean? Two days later, my mom called Jason and said that one of the guys that grew up on our street was a victim of the um, BC floods, and that night his car was washed into a river and he perished. Oh my god. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff like that from Jason's there, perspective. There really is something there, isn't there? Like Absolutely, that's not a coincidence. That's yeah. A, mathematically, for that to happen would be one one in a trillion, if not more. Any speculation why uh, that friend of Jason would pick him to communicate with? I think Jason's got some natural ability. Like, I don't have that. I'm, I'm in it more to... I document it, I do the web stuff, I'm the more the technical guy, and... But Jason, and he's really got some sensitivity to it. And so he can sense, he can even, Jay can hear EVPs without equipment. He can hear them speaking. There's something there for sure. Now, do you think this is a skill that everybody has to a certain degree? And perhaps by you Maybe. being open to it, kind of like exercising, you know? Like yes. you, you start off with 10-pound weights, and yeah. then, you know, you build up to 11-pound weights. No, I'm kidding. I'm talking about me. <laughs> But I, I'm, I've always been curious about that, if this is a natural skill that we all possess. Um, to a degree. To a little bit of a degree. Eh? Is there anybody else in your team that has some sort of clairvoyancy? Uh, Mike, he's, uh, he's one of the guys in our team, and he can see some What's entities. Mike's last name? Um, Greco. Gre Mike Greco, uh, okay. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah he, um, he's one of our leads, too, and um, he can see some entities and orbs of light and so forth so yeah he's he's and then ben as well so we have a couple guys that have some gifts but jason i think is the strongest by far
by far. Folks, if you're just joining us, settle in. We're just past the half. Actually, we're just coming up to the halfway mark. If you're just joining us, settle in. We're talking about ghost hunting tonight, paranormal investigations. We're taking you on very safely from the comfort of your own armchair or or. Uh, Wherever you are, if you're in the car, just ease off the gas pedal. We're taking you safely on a ghost investigation, specifically with a team called MIA Paranormal. Easy way to get to their website where there's a wealth of information. There's photos there, videos there of all the ghost investigations they've done. www.nightfrightshow.com www www.nightfrightshow.com Click on the picture associated with tonight's guest. That'll take you right to their website. And tonight's guest is Scott McDonald, and we're talking about all things paranormal, all things uh, paranormal investigations. Um, let's go back to it, shall we? When you go to a location... Do you bring, uh, what is it, they call it a ghost box, I think, or, or something that allows you to hear in real-time EVPs? Um, that's a good question, actually. So we have a lot of really high-end recorders, and just like we're wearing headsets now, the headsets that we wear on investigations, it amplifies. So if it's a really good uh, message from an entity, we can hear it. And there's actually a good story on that, and that we were doing a, um, an investigation of a retail store in Peterborough, and you can hear the guys, they kind of heard what it said. They knew it started with H, so they thought they heard um, Howie, like Howie Mandela, or, or Hubert, or Hobart. So you can hear that they're arguing over its name. So Mike goes, I think it's Huey. And Jason goes, no, it's, it, it said Hobart. And it corrected them. So it said, have, in real time. So it actually interacted with them and corrected them. We were blown away when we heard that. That's incredible. So you can really talk to them and get answers back. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's real time. It's fascinating. So... It's amazing. I mean, when you get into it, and if it's um, you get some good interaction with them. There's another one when Jason um, asks if it can if it can do something. And so Jason said, "Well, can you um, move some leaves?" And it, we got this on one of our EVP clips. It said, "Yeah." No, he said, "Can you ruffle some leaves?" And it said, "Yeah." And then all of a sudden, you heard some branches move in a tree, like so. A lot of interaction like that. What type of questions do you? I mean, I'm trying to imagine myself in your situation, in your shoes, with your team around. What type of questions do you ask a ghost? Well, you can. There's a whole range of questions. So um, you could ask, "What year did it die? What What's your name? What um, What kind of things did you like to do?" Um, if you want to provoke it a little more, you can kind of get at it in a way. Like I kind of. During the Cornwall investigation, I called it a chicken or so forth and kind of got mad at me and <laughs> got the response that I got. Um, so there's really no questions that are really outside the book. You've got to kind of look at it like they, they're they people kind of without a body. So in some cases, they really like talking to you. And if you're open to it and you're there and you're really sh um, showing an engagement, you will get some good responses. Have you ever been physically touched by oh, a spirit? Oh, God, yes. Really? Oh, yes. My very first time investigating. And um, so the, Jay and Mike have been at it for about three or four years, but I've just been on the team for about a year now. And my very first one, I was in the basement photographing them, 
and I didn't have, since it was my good one, we didn't have great, uh, we just used the Digicam to record it since then we've upgraded a lot of our equipment. And thank God this wasn't an expensive piece of equipment, so it could have been bad. Anyways, I was photographing, um, and it's, they told me, Mike and Jay told me, you gotta get out of here, it doesn't like you, and it doesn't want you here. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'm just gonna sit here and take more pictures, and like, you gotta go now. And I was, like, I had my digital camera um, video running, and I, so I had it up to my face, and just, it came up, and I just felt a kind of a coldness around, and it slapped the thing right out of my hand. And it, the uh, camera goes flying down the stairs, and yeah, that now, was... Did you hang around after that incident? No, I kind of ran away that night because it was my first time, and I'm like, I was freaked out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Oh man! Ahead, yeah, that please. was the first. That was my first experience. Folks, uh, you know, I just got the goosebump factor right there and then because, you know me, I just would have bowled today for sure. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this because I certainly am. Just settle into your comfy chair, get the tea going, get the coffee going. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Scott McDonald. He's a member of the MIA Paranormal Paranormal Investigator Team out of per- Peterborough uh, and the Ottawa area. They basically cover the eastern realm of Ontario and they've got some incredible stuff on their website. You're going to want to check this out. There's ghost pictures, there's EVPs. Um, I was there this afternoon. There's just a wealth of information. Uh, Please just click on tonight's guest picture. That'll take you right to their website. Just one click away and man, you're going to spend hours there for sure. Uh, If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, by the way, I meant to ask you this before. Is that information right there on your website as well absolutely we have a contact list so anybody can just hit, click on contact us and ask us a question request an investigation you know call us call us up on any of our ev- um, evidence we would be more than happy to explain what, what where we got it and how and you know anybody's able we encourage people to contact us whether or not they're true believers or skeptics I admire the fact that you don't charge for your service no, we're kind of at this point, we really, we're so, we just want to go and get as much experience, much field work, populate our site, because really what I find interesting is so many people laugh at this, but we're gathering so much information. So even my father-in-law was a skeptic, as much as a skeptic could be, and we've shown him a lot of information, and he is coming around. And even um, one of my friends is an atheist, doesn't believe things, once you're dead, you're dead, and that's it. We've shown them inform- um, some more stuff, and they're they're speechless. They can't explain it. Maybe both of them will join the team one day, and uh, you never <laughs> know, right? You never know, uh, folks. Uh, if you're joining us, settle in. As I said before, Scott McDonald's our guest. We're talking about Mia Paranormal. They're a paranormal investigative team. Let's jump to Peterborough and. Uh, I was sent, folks, this is how I I got to know these folks, I was sent some incredible photos, uh, explosive photos of some apparitions that they caught at a theater in Peterborough. Can we talk about that investigation right from the beginning, how it came about, how you set up, all the way through the various steps? So we had, that was actually a night one, so we started that one around midnight and we went to about 4 a.m. And um, yeah, it it was quite active. So we got there and um, Mike said, as we were just doing our walking around, getting to know where everything was, he saw some figures. Uh, Jason heard some things before we started setting setting up. And um, as we got through and got, um, like the caretaker, um, well, the manager of the station or the theater, 
told us about the claims in Chappie and how some people would, like one story is, some guests would say, well, thanks for the escort. Like, we really liked the fact that you guys had staff to, to escort us to our seat. And he'd be, well, we don't have staff to escort you to our, our seat. There's nobody there. We, we don't have people to guide you to seats. So they just a lot of claims like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so basically the story there is it's Chappie, like I was saying earlier, an old caretaker. And um, he, he just apparently loves it so much he just never moved on. So we had some fantastic some EVPs there. And one of the best ones was um, very, very clear. One of the clearest ones I've ever heard, as a matter of fact. It says, don't do that. And as you can even hear in the clip when we're running, you can hear some equipment being kind of dropped and moved around and shuffling going on exactly and it was it said don't do that like don't move equipment it didn't like us in the sound booth messing stuff around did you were you able to research some history of that particular building in peterborough um yes yes so it there's no like from um there's nothing really too major there it wasn't like any like the cornwall jail there wasn't deaths and there wasn't anything dramatic happened it was just this one person worked there for many, many years. He passed away, and ever since, there's been claims. Just a happy guy, and he may yeah. even, you know, folks, if you're in the Peterborough area, and uh, as this show is being shown, you want to go and visit the, the theater, maybe Chappie will help you to your seat. You don't know. If somebody <laughs> exactly. helps you to your seat, and all of a sudden he's not there, there exactly. you go. Exactly, exactly. So, and another place we did in the um, Peterborough area was <laughs> called... Shimong Lodge. Now it had some really more darker entities, I would say. So we were, we did that one. When what was the time of memory serves? I think around. Once again, it was a late one. So we arrived there at eleven, and when we were setting up, there was still some patrons drinking on the patio. It was a summer night, July. It was hot. A lot of people drinking beer, and they were kind of, ah, you guys are ghost hunters. You guys are Ghostbusters, and you know they were having fun. But as we started to pull up some evidence, we would show them in real time, and some jaws started to drop. For sure. What did you find? We, what did you show um, them? Well, I think within two hours we had a clip and we were in the basement and there was only at this time a couple on the patio. So they were way around the front and we were way at the back in the basement. So there was absolutely no way that they could be contaminating our evidence. There was So anyways, um, we had some and yes, I believe this is on our video too. A growl, like when we were in the basement investigating, we heard what sounds like a snorting bull, and that's how I would describe it. Like a real dark kind of snort, and uh, Mike heard it, and he's like, well, what the hell is that? And we reviewed it, and we picked up some, some really creepy sounds. And then later on, and this brings up another fascinating thing about ghost hunting. In this investigation, we picked up what we call dated language. So the, EV, so the the EVPs actually used language at the time. So for we get expressions that haven't been used in over, say, a hundred years. So one of the expressions from the Shimong Lodge was a um, was a female voice, and she we said something, and she responded by saying, "Oh my heaven and stars." Like, I don't know about you, but that's something that I haven't, like, my grandmother post would use, like, oh, my heaven and stars. Such an old, dated... Yeah, something from another era. Exactly. And so we had a lot of dated language from that one. Um, we had... Um, we had um, some... Oh, there's a really good one. Mike asked from that one, 
what do you want to do? What are you looking for? And once again, it was a female voice, and she said, let's go home. Like, we're still trying to figure out what that means. Like, does she mean home on the other realm? Is she meaning home from the Shimang Lodge? Whatever she meant, it could be, I'm thinking, maybe she meant, like, let's cross over, let's go home, help me home, help me to the other side. But anyways, it was very clear, and it was uh, very interesting, that one. That's interesting. Do you think they get lost sometimes, the spirits? Oh, yeah. I would think so. And they and really, so you're doing a service to them as well to, to yeah. show them to the light so they can move on and get on with it. That's it, yeah. Now, going back to the bull, that creeped me out. Do you think you may have unearthed something that perhaps was, wasn't human? That was, you know what? I've, I've wondered that a few times. Mm. Like, a snorting sound isn't a human sound. For sure. It's something else. So, yeah, if you get a chance ever, just listen to the Shemog Lodge one, and about five minutes in, you'll hear it. It's very creepy. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Would you go back there? Absolutely, in a second. Really? I see? This, this amazes me, you guys. You know, We're talking with Scott McDonald tonight, folks. He's from MIA Paranormal, uh, which stands for Metaphysical Investigation Agency. And uh, easy way to get to their coordinates and their website where there's a realm of information. You're going to see pictures of uh, apparitions. You're going to see picture of um, all kinds of ghost things and everything connected with ghost hunting is there folks uh, videos evps etc all free by the way they do all their their work for free which i have to admire them for doing that www.nightfrightshow.com click on tonight's guest picture that'll take you right to their website and you can contact them there too if you'd like to uh, get some more information in the team when you're doing an investigation do you try to avoid isolation you know you always think back of those teen movies you know where there, where oh, there's yeah. like five or six people together and they always break up yeah exactly so, yeah do you guys try to avoid that type of scenario yeah we never do just one we're always in groups of two or three very smart that's, a, that's important very smart have you yeah. ever feared for your life has anything ever come at you that uh, could have really caused you serious harm perhaps a brick I don't know I'm just uh, no but we've been threatened like one of the cases in Peterborough was an old house and it told us it was going to kill us and Jason and Mike heard it on the headsets and they actually um, I think it was one of our first investigations you can hear Mike say so you can hear him challenging it and saying, well, you're trying to kill, you think you're a man, you're trying to kill me? I'm still alive, how come you haven't killed me yet? And so it was, it, Mike was challenging it back, but yeah, we definitely had a threat from it saying it was going to kill us. Now, when, you, when you're finished with your investigation, uh, you show the people that are living there, I suspect, um, uh, Cornwall Jail, I guess, would be a good example. You played them the EVPs, you play back your, your videos and things. What is the next step beyond that? Do you try to uh, encourage the the spirit to move on. Do you just let them be, or that's a good question? So it all depends. So um, Cornwall Jail, they didn't want us to move it. They kind of like it there, or not. It is a collection of spirits there. Even so the relevant one, eh? They don't. Yeah, want to yeah. They want it to stay. Exactly. They don't want us to move over. Now, some other homes, they definitely wanted to um, for us to try to clear it, cleanse it. So I'm not part of the cleansing team. It'd be more Mike and Ben go in and try to cleanse it using some methods and techniques. But um, yeah, so we've got different. Once we discuss with a potential client or a client at that point what we found and so forth it's up to them to decide what course of action we want to take so some people are can you 
help us get rid of it, or other people are like, well, thanks for confirming. We're not crazy, and we suspected it all along. Interesting, but, eh? But leave yeah. it alone, exactly. And just leave it be, and uh, we're okay yeah. with it, because it's not causing us any harm or anything like that. Yeah. Have you come across any buildings, uh, any owners that have children, and perhaps they are being bombarded with unfriendly entities, anything of that nature? Yeah, the first one had some... Um, there was some people in the house, and they were concerned. As a matter of fact, once we did get them out and help clear it, um, one of the residents of the home, his, his luck, apparently, we heard back about three weeks later that his life had dramatically turned around. He was out of work for about a year and a half. He was able. He found a job, and he just had a whole slew of good luck fall um, after that. So I think that was a case of such a dark entity being around him that all of his luck or life force was being affected. Yeah, I wouldn't be at all surprised. It sounds like it too. Now that was the one that creeped you out. That was your first investigation. Uh, absolutely, yes, oh. yeah, and that was the one that said it was going to kill us. Oh my God. And you went back for more. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, basketball's a good sport. <laughs> MIA Paranormal Scott McDonald's with us tonight, folks. I hope you're enjoying this because I certainly am from the comfort of your own armchair in your well-lit studio as I am because I got the lights on. I got all kinds of stuff going here to protect me. <laughs> Trust me tonight. This stuff creeps me up because it's the real deal. Um, they are an, a paranormal investigation team out of Peterborough, Ottawa area. They investigate various uh, ent uh, entities, various locations around eastern Ontario, Cornwall, Peterborough. Anything in Ottawa? Yes, good question. So one of the most uh, famous places in the Ottawa area was the Ottawa Youth Hostel or the old J um, Carlton Jail. We went there, we found a lot of cool stuff and got some more dated language there. So we were in death row and um, we had some good EVPs that night. So for example, I think one of the EVPs, I asked it its name and its response was, it said, Paul? And then it paused, and then it said stranger. So it was almost like addressing me like, howdy, stranger. So it was using lingo from the 1800s and the fact that it addressed me as a stranger. So hello, stranger, or howdy, stranger. So, so it said, did it feel malevolent again, or...? No, no, the the Ottawa jail one, I don't think it's malevolent. I just think there was a lot of activity there, a lot of different entities. Um, I guess when people die under those circumstances, you know, and they're not the greatest of people, I, I guess, to begin with. Um, do you think they carry that over to the other side with them as well? I think some definitely do. Yeah, the one in Cornwall Jail that told me to go F myself, I think it might be a little angry. But the one at, actually, there was another one at the Ottawa Jail, and it kind of was a little abrupt. So I said, are you afraid to show yourself there? I was trying to antagonize it a little bit, and it said, its response was, why? And then it abruptly said, no. And uh, once again, it's another EVP that we have up on our site, and um, it it was it, it was a little bit of a direct, but I wouldn't say it was malevolent, but I would say it was definitely wanted us to take notice. Scott McDonald's our guest tonight, folks. We're talking about uh, ghost hunting, and uh, he's a member of the MIA Paranormal Team. www.nightfrightshow.com. Click on tonight's uh, tonight's guest picture. That'll take you right to their website where you can 
see a lot of this stuff we've been talking about. All the uh, EVPs are there, all the videos are there from ghost uh, investigations, as well as a phenomenal amount of uh, pictures, and, and um, you're going to really enjoy their website. Do you, when, when you were in the jail, I, I've heard this before, that there are cold spots. Oh, Have yeah. you, did you experience those in the jail? Yes. In yeah. both Cornwall and Ottawa, I should say? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and definitely more so on Cornwall than in Ottawa. Ottawa was a hot August night, but we did come across a bit of cold spots. But corn, you could just feel it. As a matter of fact, there was even something more kind of obvious in Cornwall. In the old nursing station, it was the most foul stench I'd ever ever smelled in my life. It honestly smelled like dead flesh. It was so disgusting. And um, once the first time we went in there on that tour, we just walked into the room, and I thought I was going to pass out. It was absolutely disgusting. It just felt like dead bodies, like in a morgue or something. It was awful. Is there a morgue there? No. Oh, there's and no I, morgue there. And we we asked the staff what 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 causes the smell, and they don't know. Their their answer was we don't know. We can't get rid of it. We've tried to clean it. We've tried to get professional cleaners in there. It just won't go. It just will not leave. It just does not go away. You know, it's funny. I've heard people describe demons with that type of smell. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, so you've got to. I was going to ask you this too. Is there any time of year that ghosts seem to be more prevalent? Um, I think that's a myth. I've heard like some people yeah. say, yeah, I think, no, I would say, from my experience, no. It's like if the it's daytime, active, nighttime thing. It's yeah, just, if it's active, yeah. it's active, yeah. I think it might be, you know, people think, oh, maybe around Halloween. No, I don't, I don't buy that. I think it, if it's active, it's active. Have you ever been to a cemetery? Are they... Yes, we have. That's okay. a good question. And we have some, we were doing um, an investigation in the Peterborough area and it was, um, I guess the legend was it was a Blackstone Angel legend there. If you take a picture of it, you're going to be taunted and whatever. And um, we went in and we did some EVP work and some just snapped some pictures and had some recordings out. And yeah, we got some interesting hits that night too. We had a really clear, classic ghost sound. It was just a moan. It just sounded like just somebody moaning, like in a, in a, in a horror movie or something and there's no explanation for it and then there was another one when we were in that place we asked what's your name we had a clear response it said Cohen like almost like C-O-H-E-N and then there was another it was mocking us so as right on our tape as we would say oh what's that sound you would hear it almost like mocking us it was like what's that sound it would repeat what we were saying in a really mockish voice very creepy stuff indeed. Now, have you ever seen a ghost with your naked eye? Or has it always been through the camera lens? Yeah, um, me, it's been through camera lenses after you take pictures. Mike and Jason, they've seen and they've seen energy or entities yeah. without it. Yeah. Oh, man, creepy stuff. Yeah. Creepy, creepy stuff. Now, do they? when you see an apparition, I've never seen one, do they come fully clothed uh, in the clothing that they wore in that time period, or are they naked? Or no, um, if you if you're fortunate enough to see one fully, um, I guess materialized. Materialized. That's a good word. They're not. They're wearing clothes, and it's almost like from the clothes from their era. 
So um, there's a picture, actually there's a picture up on our blog, and I think, did I put it on our site? Yes, it's in our community section. So that brings me to another good point. If anybody wants to send us their paranormal sites, we have a section on our, um, our pictures, we have a section on our site called community, and so we like to uh, showcase what other people snap. So there's a really good uh, picture of of a entity, and this was taken by a local hunter within the last month. I think it was beginning of November, end of October, and it looked like an entity, full blown. It has a a, a a top hat on, and it's got a long coat, and it's fully materialized. Really? So go, yeah, go check that one out. So it's right when you go to our go to uh, photograph collection. Go down to community section, so it's the bottom one when you open that up, and then you can scroll over and you'll find that one of, it looks like a, uh, somebody dressed out of the 1800s with a top hat, a long coat. Yes, it's amazing. The whole nine yards. I any history behind that? Did, you, did they send any history with that photograph of what they think it could have been, who it was? No, they're just like these guys. Yeah. They're hunters. They they don't even believe this stuff. They're kind of laughing it off, calling it Casper the Ghost. But um, no, it's uh, it, the in what the story about that is. It was one of those um, um, cameras that take pictures when it senses a deer or something running by. So it only goes off when motion happens. Oh, motion sensor. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So I snapped an entity in full blown eighteen hundred dress, and that is so cool. Wow. Now, do entities always attach themselves, the energy, does it always attach to a, a physical, something physical in this realm, perhaps a building, um, a rock, a stone, or uh, do they ever just float around in an open field or anything like that? I, I think there's, I think it's a combination, actually. That person if, in that hunting, in that woods, probably, it meant something. And, you know, we've all watched shows and some entities, they're attached to a plot of land or attached to something else, whereas other ones, like Chappie, might be attached to the theater and uh, so forth. So I think it really ranges, but I definitely think that some of them may be attached to a certain piece of property, if you will. Not necessarily a house or not necessarily a person, but um, a plot of land. And it's like the one in that we got in um, the Have one. Was it attached itself to in behind the retail store? It's just not in the basement of the store. Could we also did some investigation outside in the woods and behind it? We got some good stuff. So I think it it varies between land, buildings, and sometimes even people. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Now with the advent of digital cameras. Um, Ghost hunting seems to be become more prevalent. Do you think there's something in the in the modern technology that just wasn't there in older times with analog? Yeah, yeah that's a good question. They seem to be really sensitive to orbs and so forth. Now, mm. a lot of people dismiss orbs, but I found a correlation between good orbs and EVPs. What are so they? We have, pardon me. What, what's that correlation? Well, where we get where we get a lot of photographs with orbs in it, mm. so get some good voice responses. Really. Eh? Wow, and um, this one that we took in the when we were earlier, I was explaining about the graveyard. We got this biggest orb that I've ever seen in them. It almost looks like the size of a car. It was massive, and it was dark, and you could see a sort of a pattern in it. It certainly wasn't a mosquito or a fragment of light. <laughs> it was big and it was dark. Wow, yeah. yeah. The what has been the scariest moment, not for you in particular, because you had mentioned that that was in your first exploration. 
but for the team as a whole, what has been the most scariest moment? I would think the first one when we got threats. We were a little on edge that one when it said it was going to kill us. Now, having said that, there's a um, there's uh, we have our eye on a location in the U.S. So it's just I think it's um, about four hours from Windsor, so about eight hours from Toronto. That is an old plantation site, and it's uh, it's about a two hundred year old building, and it's vacant right now. But um, it had over a thousand deaths due to different viruses uh, during the 1800s and it's got a lot of activity so we saw a documentary on it on A&E and some other ones and a woman actually was in it and she got gashed so she had a gash up her side and she said there was nothing there she just all of a sudden felt this intense burning like a razor cut into her so this is um, what I would attribute to what you were saying earlier right. definitely I think it's there's darker entities there, almost maybe even demonic presence there or something. Because anybody that gash somebody and physically harm them that way, there's two things. It has it's using more energy than a normal earthbound spirit will. Mm -hmm. They can like earthbound spirits, in my opinion, they they have a hard enough time just answering. So they don't have the physical power to gash you. And second, an earthbound spirit really wouldn't want to hurt somebody to that degree. So this suggests to me that this place has got a, more of a stronger darker energy and we definitely want to check it out and so we're looking at trying to organize an investigation there in April or May Scott McDonald you're going to have to come back my friend we're going to wrap up now but man this has been wonderful absolutely wonderful you've taken my pleasure. you've educated us and you've also taken us from the safety in the sa from the safety of our own armchairs on a truly uh, creepy creepy exploratory ghost hunt tonight it's been uh, a great pleasure speaking with you your knowledgeable fellow please do come back in the future uh, when absolutely you, it's it's been a real pleasure for us uh by the way folks scott mcdonald uh is a member of mia paranormal research organization they're out of peterborough ottawa around the eastern realm cornwall all around there and apparently in the states very soon www.nightfrightshow.com click on tonight's guest picture that'll take you right to their website as i said before where there's a wealth of information uh, pictures of, of apparitions evps etc etc i'm brent holland from night fright thank you all for joining us keep the emails coming see you next time Listening to Night Fright and your host, Brent Holland. The time is now. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. Yeah.